for two. Kickers are extra, I give them the boot. Ooh. Going for two. Sit back, relax while I grab me a brew. Ooh. Now I'm reclining while putting my time and I'm ready to go. My spine is aligning and much my my lineups, my bank account grows. I am so rich, but knowledge is all that I'm leaving here with. Ooh. Listen to this. Multiple options, how far can I get? Ooh. DFS Dynasty Redraft, and I am not finishing last. I'm finishing past any and all I am looking to last. What else? This spot is popping, and I am so locked in, and only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking. And all of these spots keep on talking and talking. So, what are we talking? What kind of alignment? And running it deep, even players forgotten, or came from the bottom, or hitting that topping. And this spot is popping, yeah, this spot is popping. And woo! This is the arm chat. Yeah. Put up your arms, yeah. Sound the alarm, yeah. What is going on, guys, and welcome to the Any Given Sunday Elite Edition Personal League Podcast. I am your host, of course, Jeff Lambert, and you can follow me on Twitter at JeffLambert77. Uh, we'll go ahead and introduce the panel here, and then we'll get into how this podcast works. Uh, first up, we got uh, Zach Pulaski. He's a writer and podcaster for uh, for Going For Two, uh, and you can follow him on Twitter behind the Zach. What's up, Zach? Hey, Jeff. How's it going? Are you guys ready for another PLP? I know we got a few familiar faces in here. I hope they're ready for another uh, tough review. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, next up, we got Brian Ford. He is the host of the Dynasty Saturday Night Five right here on the Going For Two Live Network, and he's also the host of a Dynasty Fever podcast, and you could follow him on Twitter at FFJunkie underscore. What's up, Brian? Hey, how we doing? Glad to be here. Always love the PLPs. I'm glad they got creative and added a word to the league title this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we got Kyle Senra, host of the Press Coverage Podcast uh, and the Dynasty Gambit uh, right here on the Going For Two Live Network, as well as a host of other podcasts that he'll mention, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, he's also a writer and ranker at Going For Two, and you can follow him at Senra Says on Twitter. What's up, Kyle? We are here on a Sunday, so it does make sense to schedule the PLP for today for this league. Nice. Yeah, good deal. Any given Sunday, elite. And last but not least, we got Raul Nadarajan. Did I say that right? That was pretty good, Jeff. That All was right, pretty good. good. <laughs> <laughs> Writer for Going for Two and co-host of the the newest show on the Going for Two Live Network called the Fantasy Assessment Podcast, which is basically a scaled down version of this. Instead of doing a full league, they just do one team. Uh, you could find them usually on on Saturdays, and uh, you could follow uh, Raul on Twitter at nraul11. What's up, man? How's it going, everyone? Feeling good tonight. First PLP for me, and that's right. You know, this is uh, basically 12 times what we do with the Fantasy Assessment. I think Jerry described it like that last week, so I'm really <laughs> looking forward to it. Good stuff. All right. Uh, so real quick, I want to explain how the podcast goes for those that are new in the chat. Um, we're going to basically count these teams down 10 to 1. I gave your, your rosters to these four gentlemen, and they ranked them from 10 to 1. Uh, 10 being the team they'd least want to take over and one being the team they would most want to take over. So it's not worst and best team because uh, each buddy, each person has their own, uh, you know, their own way of building teams and how they want to take teams over. Um, and then I signed each one of them, uh, you know, a couple teams each, and they're going to be the expert of those teams when we get to them in the countdown and they'll break them down, strengths, weaknesses, trade advice, you know, ways to improve your team, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but before we get to that, I just want to promo uh, one, one last time here. The Personal League Podcast, unfortunately, for 2023, have sold out completely. Uh, but if you order now for 2024, you can save 20% by using the promo code EARLYBIRD24. Just visit goingfor2.com backslash PLP. 
use early bird 24 to go ahead and book. Uh, they get booked up pretty quickly. Uh, we actually had to fill in some, some extra days uh, in August just to get everybody in. So if you haven't done one yet or if you want to do one for next year, now's the perfect time to do it. Again, going for 2.com backslash PLP. Use promo code early bird 24. Let's We're go. like a car company. This is the time of year they're putting out their 2024 <laughs> models. We're putting out our PLPs for 2024. Already. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Number 10. All right. The number 10 team was ranked the number 10 team unanimously by all of us. Uh, and it is the Super Bowl Bravs. And Brian, this is your squad here. Go ahead and break it down for us. Yeah, I'm not really sure what Super Bowl this team plans on, on going to um, anytime soon. Uh, as you said, it was 10 across the board as far as the team we would all least like uh, to take over. Uh, I think what I'm looking at here uh, with this team, uh, is there a lot of age and mediocrity on this team? There's a lot of just meh, you know, there's some aging pieces. I think there's, there's definitely, you know, knowing the situation that you're not going to compete. We have too many running backs. So um, it's, it's going to be time to trade some of those. And I think very importantly, too, there's no first or second round draft pick in 2024. So it's tough, right? Because, you know, usually when a team is in rough shape, they've got a a little bit of capital. So, you know, you've got to keep two trains running now uh, on on this team as you as you sort of climb out uh, from where you are. I think, uh, you know, I, I look at quarterback and wide receiver and I think they're both thin, sort of meh. You know, uh, especially when we're looking at a, a, a 10 team league where, you know, studs are important. Um, and, uh, you know, those are the two positions that you want to build from when you're sort of rebooting, uh, you know, because you want to kind of do running backs last. And in this league, by the way. Can we start with the can we get a tight end starting position in these leagues, guys? <laughs> and can you make it tight end premium? Can, can we get with the program here? It's 2023. It's Dynasty. Stop wasting your tight ends. Anyway, so because tight ends don't really matter much uh, in, in this league in particular, you know, you're looking at, at, at you want to build from quarterback and, and wide receiver, and th- those positions are, are not very good on, on this team. So, you know, as with a lot of teams in this, in this position, uh, you know, uh, we're looking to reboot a lot of things. I think your trade now pieces are Aaron Rodgers, a lot of hype around, you know, oh, he's finally going to OTAs, maybe he's turning over a new leaf and he's on a dick. Um, and, you know, he might have a year or two left, you know, to trade him to a contender. I would trade Jordan Love now. I think he's very overvalued in the market. KTC, I think he's quarterback 17 or 18 there. I think people are, are kind of sold on him without knowing enough about him. So I would, I would get rid of him now before you know, he starts to struggle. <clears throat> I don't know that his value it, it will shoot up all that much, even if he is uh, pretty good. Um, Damian Pierce, Sanders, you know, again, you know, there's really no need to have running backs, uh, you know, especially high ticket running backs on your your team because you're not competing. So, you know, you want to offload Pierce, Sanders, B-Rob, McKinnon, you know, you can probably get a little something. I'm also on this team trading Debo Samuel. I'm below market on, on, on Debo. I think, you know, people are starting to sour on him a little bit. I think I'm a little more sour on him. I got Ayuk above Debo uh, in my rankings. I really think with the arrival of, of CMC, uh, that's really affected uh, uh, Debo. And, and, you know, I, I just think he's, he's overvalued still in some circles. And so I try to, I try to get rid of him while he still has uh, some name value. Uh, also, Amari Cooper, you know, he was a wide receiver one last year. 
you know, but as far as like age and the, the, you know, when you are going to be competitive, he's a guy I would trade. Uh, Waller and Ingram, kind of the same story. Uh, Kamara and Levis are interesting, right? Because, you know, there's a, there's an argument to trade Kamara now because we finally know, okay, the suspension might not be that, that much. And so you kind of are starting to get in that pocket of when we know what the price might be. Um, but there's also an argument to where you wait uh, because you want to maybe have like, you know, real solid 100% info that it's only a three game suspension or, you know, you want to wait until he's coming back from that suspension and there's buzz around it, you know, and then, you know, his value will be a little higher than it is now. So I could see that really going either way. But either way, you know, he's a 28 year old running back and you don't need him. Uh, same thing with Will Levis, you know. Uh, I just think I am not a Levis believer at all. And you might have somebody who's a believer, especially somebody who, or, or somebody who has Tannehill. Um, there's an argument to be made that you get rid of him kind of now while there's no bad news on him, really. Like he, you know, he's, he hasn't Malik Willis his career yet. <laughs> at the point. same time, though, you know, like there's also a chance that Tennessee's really bad early in the year and they turn over the keys to him, at which point his value would, would, would go up. So I think Kamara and Levis, I have his question marks. You can, there's an argument to trade them now or later. Uh, later on the season, you want to trade Wandale when he comes back from uh, the knee. There's going to be some buzz around his role uh, in a Giants offense that has 427 slot receivers. Uh, <laughs> and he's probably the, the best among them. You know, and uh, with your, uh, who are you targeting with these trades? Younger wide receivers, draft capital, and of course quarterbacks, because you don't really your your quarterbacks aren't really great, um, but they're expensive in the trade streets, right? Quarterbacks are cheapest in rookie drafts, and then in startup drafts, and then even and but then once they're in the trade streets, it, it's expensive. So that's going to be hard because that's a position that you I think you need a lot of work on. Um, but you know it's probably going to be the one that you have to address first. Uh, and then I want you to pound the waiver wire. Uh, you're looking for guys who can increase in value, guys who uh, are an injury away uh, from uh, an increased value, uh, essentially guys that you can grab off the waiver wire and flip, right, it, early in season when, when points start getting scored. <clears throat> and, and, and really, that's just where you want to go. I mean, that's my general advice all the time. When I recommend a reboot is here's the guys you trade now. Here's the guys you wait till later to trade. And then, you know, these are your targets and pound the waiver wire there. To your credit, Brian, you're like, okay, you should trade this guy, trade this guy. There's really no one on this team that shouldn't be for sale. Like there's, sure. there's really no cornerstone franchise asset. I mean, the closest thing I think is probably Zay Flowers. Yeah. Maybe Debo, if you believe in him. But I know you were mentioning, Brian, you're, that, not, that would not be your move. Uh, really, I'll put your point, Brian, of needing to get a quarterback and it being so expensive. Sell as many players for as much draft capital as you can, and that's probably what you're using with that draft capital is first addressing the quarterback position. So, you know, accumulate as many picks as possible and, you know, Derek Carr plus those picks to upgrade or, or Rodgers plus those picks to upgrade. That's probably how you acquire enough ammunition is to... Just, get, just sell as many of these players for picks yeah. as you can. And, and avoid running backs as far as trading for them because you, you're not going to compete for a couple of years probably, so you don't want the running back. So Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders, and, and Brian. Might as well sell them too. Yeah, just sell, <laughs> sell them all. Just sell them all. I think, Brian, I'm going to go to you real quick because you know, a lot of the guys are older and 
you know, obviously the whole league listening to this, talk about these guys being older, yada, yada, yada. The time to trade these guys is in season, right? When we can t- kind of tell where the, the contenders are and the, and the non-contenders, um, you know, because then those guys that are older, quote unquote older, if they're having a good season, you could trade them to the contenders and get more value for them. Am, am I right, Ryan, well, on that? Yeah, yeah. I think some, I think some of them, like a, like a Damian Pierce or like a Brian Robinson, I mean, their values are pretty much set and, and even have a chance of going down. Sanders is a guy that I identified to trade now that might be more of an in-season thing, um, you know, because I am probably above market on Sanders. I, I see that it's a rookie quarterback with not great weapons. They're going to lean on him. He's going to catch more passes than he has in, in, in the past. They, they gave him a four-year deal in this, you know, terrible running back economy. Uh, but there might not be believers. So you might need to wait a, a couple weeks where points are scored to trade a guy like Sanders. You know, if you don't like what you're what you're getting, you know, an offer, you don't have to take it. I just know that you know timing can can be tough. Sometimes there's like really small windows. So, because this is also time of year, some of these managers might be looking at their roster. Oh, I could use that one extra starter, right? So, you may be able to still get some value on some of these guys. Only one way to find out is just to spam for offers. Because and the truth is. Big Brabs is probably going to have to be the one who initiates most of these deals. Yeah. Right. Like there and might like, be times of years where uh, someone's trying to buy specific players for points and they might come to you. But if I'm Big Brad, I'm being aggressive and trying to move as make as many offers as I can. In, in this league, you can potentially, if it's the same settings as the other one, I think it is. I, I, it, you can start potentially up to seven wide receivers, right? So, you know, there, you know, go to a contender or a team that looks like a contender Give me two thirds for a Rob. Done, right? Give me uh, two thirds and like a next year's fourth or something for Curtis Samuel. Probably done. It's still probably a little low, but it, it gives you a chance to get the points off your roster and know what you're and know what you're working with. Yeah, absolutely. you could play nine receivers in this. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. the three yeah. the receiver spots, flex. and yeah. there's like six. There's like yeah, but that, yeah, that does include the super flex spot, but realistically eight. But still, like yeah, you that's... could just. Yeah, if you have enough depth at receiver, you can just fill your entire starters. I think an interesting dynamic in this league, which I'm sure we're, we're all going to touch upon, is that in a ten, it's a 10-team league, but six teams make playoffs, which means that there are more people, more teams, that actually may think, you know, they're either, if not a contender, they're, they're going to make a playoff run, which helps you know, a team like Big Brabs, who wants to, sh- you know, ship off some of those pieces. Go make those calls, because... There are more people looking to add, you know, let's say like a like a Debo Samuel isn't the sexiest piece at, for, for this season. But to someone who needs to add like a wide receiver two in a start 12, um, he definitely could be very valuable. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's move to team number nine here. Team number nine. Let me go ahead and hit the, uh, the drop first. Number nine. Team number nine was ranked as high as nine. Uh, sorry, as high as eight and as low as nine. And the team is Man of the People. And Zach, this is your squad here. Give me your breakdown. Man of very old people is what he should change it to because this is a very aged roster for the most part. There's some upside on this team, but let's let's start with the quarterback position. You know, we, we've got Tua, and I like Tua a lot as a talent, but there are a lot of injury concerns. I think we're all aware of the concussion stuff at this point. And it's a very risky game to play because obviously there's a lot of upside there, but if he has one more hard hit like he had last year, who knows what the rest of his career looks like. And that has had some concern for me, especially when 
Your other QB that you're starting is Kirk Cousins. And yes, he's productive, but he's also 34. And I think we've seen him peak at this point, which makes me a little nervous about the long-term outlook, especially given you have Jacoby Brissett, who's, you know, fighting for the job with, um, with Howell over in Washington. And, you know, say what you want, but I think Jacoby will be the starter this year, but I don't think it's really anything that uh, sexy, especially in a 10-man league. Um, and then Desmond Ritter. I don't know how you guys feel about him, but I'm not, I'm out. Yeah, I think he's a one-year filler, and then I think they'll be looking back at the board again next year. With that in mind, let's move over to the running backs real quick. On God Strike, I'm glad you like your place. It seems like you're very happy about it. Um, <laughs> the, the running backs, though, and more specifically, I want to emphasize Jamar Gibbs. This It feels like a crime to have him on this team with how aged he is at a lot of positions and where he um, it feels like a win now move, but there's a lot of young pieces like Gibbs that I don't know what they'll produce like week one of this year. And that's what concerns me. I don't like having to depend on rookies to give me production because especially when they're paying someone like David Montgomery over a few years, that tells me that they're going to have a role there. And I don't know. Let's, let's move on to that RB2 though. Dalvin Cook. I mean, how many times have we said he's going to a team and then, well, we're still waiting. Um, I don't know. I, I love Roshan Johnson, but again, we don't know when or if he'll ever get that role. I'm confident that with time, he'll be the RB1 in Chicago, but you're going to have to wait and see. And when you have a wide receiver room like this with Waddle, Cup, Adams, uh, or more specifically, Cup, Adams, Hopkins, Lockett, OBJ, Cooks, you've just got a lot of aged vets that very much so push you into needing guys that can produce for you week one or just 2023 in general. And I'm scared boys. I don't like this at all. You know, I wanted, there's enough assets on this team that have me excited. You know, you, you know, how I feel about Christian Watson. I love Waddle. I absolutely love Jamison Williams, but man. Yeah. Yeah, for Zach to rank the Christian Watson team ninth, you, you know that, yeah. that there's, there's issues, yeah. right? I just want to know what he was thinking in the draft, because when I go through this bench more than anything, he just took up all these, it's mainly old dudes that, um, you know, might have a role, but there's a lot of what ifs, and there's a lot of other guys that could crack into that and steal reps from them. You well, know, I, I'm I, looking... Go ahead, Kyle. Well, to answer your question, Zach, he, he kind of says in his comments, right, wide receivers for days built to win. It seems like that's specifically like... You know, he approached, and Brian, how many times have, have you and I had this philosophical debate on, on wide receiver rankings, right? Especially Cooper Cup. Uh, if you look at the going for two consensus rankings, I've got Cooper Cup at wide receiver seven, whereas like our group consensus is like wide receiver 14. So I'm like much higher on, on Cup than the consensus I, ranking. I like Cup. I agree. I'm somewhere in the middle there, but it just feels very risky to look at this roster as a whole. You know, Jamison's out for a few weeks to start the year. Delvin Cook's not on a team. We don't know what Gibbs' role is off the bat. Um, you know, D-Hop, we don't know how he'll look in Tennessee. We don't know how good that offense will be this year. You know, someone like Odell's on a new team now. Who knows how much of a volume he's getting. Brandon I'm Cooks not in love with Devontae Adams this year, to tell you the truth. But. Yeah, we, he's got Jimmy G now. Who knows? I mean, I'm still relatively high on Devontae, but it's there's a lot of what-ifs. There's a lot of reasons that or for why this could go wrong and horribly wrong. And I think that's why we're low on it. Because when I was looking at this roster, I saw a team that, you know, 
he could make a couple of trades to be really good right now this year, but I think the pieces he has to move, he's not going to get what he would necessarily want in a return. And I was hoping he'd have more draft assets, but realistically, it looks like he just kind of kept all of his picks, and then he acquired one more third rounder in this upcoming draft. It sounds like he traded his own first for Ritter, and that's why they've got big grabs first, but not their own first. Like, if they could have had a potential 101 and 102 next year, you can take a quarterback, you can take Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, there would have been tons of flexibility. Instead, it looks like traded away for Ritter. So kind of giving it away that... Because I think part of the reason I rank them, I think I was debating between eight and nine. I love Tua, but I want Tua as a QB two on my team. Yes, not yeah. as a QB one. I think that's the scary part. Is and I, I think you can have Tua as a QB one and Kurt as a QB two, but you have to be loaded everywhere else. You have to really feel like you running can, back depth isn't enough to carry that. Yes, you you and, have to have a mismatch at every other position in your matchups. You and trading like a first for Ritter isn't really helping it to be honest. Like that's yeah. there's there's more risk there than probably even there is for Tua and like Ritter's starting career could be done before Tua and Cousins is right? like he yeah. just might get just get replaced after four games like we've and be buried and, and be done. Like, I, so I wanted. I wanted. That's to not the way. That that's well. not. That's not how I would fix the first. Like if I'm spending the first, I want to upgrade on, on those quarterbacks, not just get a, a depth third piece. Really. And with that I mean, in mind, if this team had his own like his own first still and like two firsts available, maybe we'd rank them higher. But he can get those picks, and that's where I'm thinking yeah. long-term, he needs to blow this thing up. I know that's not necessarily fun, but I think there's enough young pieces in place where you can have a really, relatively quick turnaround. But with that in mind, I'm looking at Cup, Adams, Dalvin Cook. I would wait on Dalvin, though. I'd also wait on D-Hop unless someone really believes that he's going to be relatively good this year. In I think Ryan suggested for the last team with Will Levis, trade him to the Tannehill manager. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and then Lockett, I would trade him as well. Cousins, Cooks, OBJ. I, lo- I mean, I love that he took so many wide receivers, especially with how the starting lineup is constructed. But at the same time, there's a whole bunch of guys that I don't necessarily see with a super high ceiling. It's just a relatively high floor. And I just don't really know what that does for you when you're kind of in a, in a purgatory state with this team. The main piece, though, and I want to see what you guys think about with trading, is Jamar Gibbs. I think trade him now. And it's not that I don't think he's a good running back or that he'll be productive, but it's just based off of where this team is at. I have a hard time really seeing him be a piece that'll be a part of when you are ready to compete. I don't think Gibbs. I think by that point, he'll be 26 and, you know, kind of at his peak. And that's where I'd rather sell him now while he's young, get as many assets in return as I can and plan ahead. Yeah, Cousins was QB4 last year. Yeah, that's cool. But, but guess what? How many times did he do that otherwise? One other year, I believe. I believe he only had two years where he was top 10, maybe three in his career. Well, I think he's had like a half dozen years. Yeah. But, oh, maybe it was my format. But not, maybe not that many of top five, though, to get that. Yeah. But, but, but also, how many more years can he do it? That's even yeah. more pertinent. I mean, yeah, there was talk. Was, there was talk of them replacing him this year. I mean, they were they were talking about. There's it talk of it every year. Whoever, yeah. whoever is Kirk Cousins on their team, that team is constantly destined to talk about replacing him, and very rarely do they actually do it. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll comment real quick on this team, and then we'll get to team number eight. And and this team is kind of at a crossroads because if he really wanted to go in and compete, I think he could make a few moves and could compete in this league. I mean, we still expect Cooper Cup to have a good season, Devontae Adams to have a good season. 
you know, he's got some young pieces that if one of them pop off, if George Pickens takes that second year leap that we think he can do, you know, if Jamison Williams comes back after his six-game suspension and does some things. So there's some definitely some pet potential here for this team to compete this year. But his team is almost like a lot of old guys and then a lot of really young guys. He's sort of in between. Am, am I going to be going for it all or am I going to try to rebuild? The good thing is, unlike the last team we talked about, his young guys are receivers and quarterbacks other than Kirk Cousins. He's got Tua who's young, as long as he doesn't get hurt again. Got some young receivers with uh, with Jamison Williams, George Pickens, you know, Jalen Waddell. Um, so he has that that part of it down. The Jameer Gibbs thing, I agree uh, with Zach. If he decides to go with Tua Rebuild, that Jameer Gibbs is somebody I would try to move. Um, I'm not personally high on Jameer Gibbs. I know a lot of the community is, though, so you could probably find somebody that is. Uh, Rylo, I saw you raising your hand. Do you want to comment on something here? I I think uh, I think someone it was just mentioned that this team really is at a crossroads. Um, it's hard it's hard to hard to want to blow up a team that has Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, you know, even Jalen Waddles, three wide receiver ones. But you know, when we're playing Dynasty, and if you consider everyone's team is pretty stacked in a ten team, like you have to make those hard decisions to make sure you're not in the middle. Like being in the middle is the worst place to be in Dynasty. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's get to team number eight. Number eight. All right, number eight team ranked as high as number six and as low as number eight, and it is Trade Consultant. And Kyle, this is your team here. Yeah, so it's funny. We were just talking about Rahul. Your, your last comment was perfect transition because we talked about th- basically three wide receiver ones on the last team. May not be a true wide receiver one on Trade Consultant's team. High end depth that receiver is pretty solid. Maybe you count. D- I, I mean, I guess if I look at my dynasty rankings, I do have DK Metcalf in the top twelve. I was going to say disrespect for DK Metcalf. Yeah, yeah I think <laughs> I've got him. A little, actually, I think I might even have him higher than Waddle. So, but I think they're right next to each other. But yeah, um, to me, I and I think I was really hemming and hawing on who was I going to make eight and who was I going to make nine. And ultimately, trade consultant, I was sold on having both the quarterbacks, having Bryce Young and Kyler Murray. I think I'm right now I might take Tua over either of them, but I definitely take either of those young guys over Kirk Cousins. So I think having the two young assets at quarterback gives long-term flexibility. Um, and a lot of the core of this team is pretty young. So this is not unlike the, certainly the man of the people's team where it's okay. If they could compete this year, but it also might come crashing down the very next season. This window for trade consultants seems open long term. I guess having Stafford as a QB three kind of for more immediate production while you're waiting for Bryce to recover, wait or sorry, waiting for Kyler to recover, waiting to see what Bryce Young will do in the NFL. You know, at least there's likely going to be able to start two quarterbacks every week. So this team could, in theory, compete now. Um, I guess I would say the Brees Hall, Tony Pollard, DeAndre Swift. Like that trio at running back, I was kind of looking through the league, and it's tough to find a better trio, three running backs. Given this league format, I mean, you could eat, like, if, if, like, I think the ideal thing would almost be to start five running backs every week if you could find a way. But I think everyone in this league is aware enough of that to where the running back depth is spread out enough across every league that no one has, like, this super dominant running back room. A trade consultant might have one of the better running back rooms. I would say maybe a bit more depth because they behind those three, I think they've only they only have seven total running backs on roster. Whereas you know, there's some teams that are pushing dozen running backs on their roster. So I think they, you know 
more running back depth is always always something I say not enough teams have. Um, and and yeah, I think so. Not you know more running back depth and maybe a true wide receiver one again depends on what you think of DK. Uh, the idea of having DK Metcalf and Jackson Smith and Jigba on the same team That's makes tough. me want to do one of two things. First is to trade one of them away, and they're both young wide receivers, so they're they're valuable trade commodities that you can kind of use to get whatever you want the type you know use them as a piece to get whatever you want so like you'll be able to just give give one to get Mahomes or something but uh the other option though this team cheaply acquired geno smith is that potential there where where they want that like that double stack where you can kind of feel confident playing it every week if you also have the quarterback and if you're just saying like this team gonna throw the ball a ton uh, let's just get all this passing game production. So those would be kind of specific moves I'd make. I'd look to try and trade one of the Seahawks receivers or to try and trade for Geno Smith. I mean, it's up to trade consultant. Uh, you know, I'm here consulting on the trade, but like whatever you'd prefer to do as a move first, is it to, to get Geno and Seahawks stack? Is it to break one of them up? You know, do they just like both players and want to have both on the team? So I think that's, that's definitely an option. Um, I mean, frankly, JSN, DK, London, young receivers, kind of use them as trade chips for everything you want. The same can be said about Bryce Young and Kyler Murray as well. Is that you know, get a QB upgrade potentially, having I mean, to give one up, and maybe one of those receivers as a way to get a, a quarterback, that might be an option. Uh, because really, I think, outside of Super Bowl Bravs, and even, I think, Super Bowl Bravs, you can make the argument, they can compete this year. It's not. They could certainly win games, and especially with sixty percent of the league making the playoffs. Really, there's there's no team in this league that that feels like the playoffs are impossible. So, um, yeah, I think uh, the the they've got a few seconds. So can you use can you use Kyler or Brees and the seconds and maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba to get an elite QB one that might really help compete. And again, maybe maybe you know you sell Kyler on the injury, and then while you're waiting for Bryce to develop as a rookie, you've got Stafford and that other QB that you've just traded for is they can hold the fort and really help compete your um or you know, using those seconds along with DK, can you get up into the AJ Brown tier receivers? Those would be the kind of the, the things I would look to get is you know, all this extra draft capital, if you're ever gonna use it, it's you want it on younger assets that are going to be cornerstone franchise pieces like, you, you, this isn't the team that you wouldn't want to use those draft picks to go buy cooper cup off the team we just mentioned right? like that's not necessarily how i'd want to spend the draft picks younger younger assets certainly because again this team has a window long term so don't do don't you know give up the flexibility to, sh- to kind of shorten that window Exactly. The one thing that stood out to me on this team here, especially for it being a 10-team league, is the lack of depth on the bench. I mean, there is not a single player, I think, on his bench that I would feel comfortable plugging into my lineup, except maybe Matthew Stafford. Um, I mean, he's got... I was going to say Gallup, potentially, Gallup. Nico Collins, based on volume, I could, I could see, but you're right. Like, there's... It's a stretch. You know, yeah. you really have to have one of those guys break out. I mean, he's got some guys I like. Don't get me wrong. I love Puka Nakua. I love Marvin Mims. You know, uh, LaVisca Chenault, you could probably get rid of him at this point. Um, and, and that includes the fact that Brees Hall's in his starting lineup. If Brees isn't ready week one, that, that you're having to play one of these starters from your bench. Yeah, it's, it'll be tough if, if he has any kind of injuries at all. 
um, that bench is that bench is pretty rough there. Well, again, three having three seconds and still the third and the fourth. Like those are those are like that's the pieces you'll use to to get that. Like because that's the easiest thing to acquire is depth and, and bench pieces. That's yep. the one thing that you can kind of get off anyone's team. Yep, absolutely. You want to do it without sacrificing your current players that are, are good. Those are those are the the you know the third and the fourth and some of those what maybe view it as later seconds. That's you can, you can get them. Yeah, and I agree with you with the DK Metcalf, Jackson Smith, and Jigba thing. Um, you know, and I've always said this about your rookie drafts, and I'm sure this is probably what he took as, as well. Is you you always draft for value, not for need in rookie drafts. And I'm sure that Jackson Smith and Jigba was probably the best player on the board at that time. Even though you had DK Metcalf, you still take him because JSN has that value. Uh, you can move, you know, one of those guys and and still be fine. So I I, I don't mind it as for, as far as this time in the off season, but I wouldn't want to go into the season with those two guys being my starters unless, like you said, I had Juno Smith as my quarterback, and I expect the Seahawks to be high scoring, which I don't know if I expect them to be high scoring. You know, you don't know if you necessarily want to have three two receivers and a quarterback from a team that's not going to score a ton of points. I will say it's unfortunate we rank them eight because I do love the roster construction. Again, maybe more running back, less wide receiver depth, more running back depth. I think like, you know, Isaiah Winstead, like Jeff, he's on the 49ers. I've literally never heard of that. Guy. I, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, do I need to know this guy? Because I sure as hell don't. Perry. <laughs> I mean, even. A.T. Like, Perry, I've heard of. Like, if you can just convert all three of those into running backs, and I'm sure the Panthers are going to try to convert LaVisca Schnoll to a running back at some point. But like. Many offenses have tried, but if, if like just cutting those guys and picking up running back depth, suddenly you move to ten running backs. This is suddenly one of the deepest teams at running back. Right? Yeah. So just simple moves like that. Good point. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, I love the way that they just don't have a single tight end, right? If um, I would option, say most, don't have honestly, it. and, and this will come up with a couple other teams. <clears throat> there's a few teams that just like some of these tight ends are unnecessary. The elite ones are great, and everyone else probably doesn't even need to be rostered. Yeah, I Especially agree. If, you don't, if you're not having to start them, they're just less good wide receivers. Like you can just get better versions of them, of those players as wide receivers on the waiver wire. So, And there's, but, no, there's like, no premium, right? I can't remember. I didn't get my leagues no, mixed up. No premium. No premium. So, yeah, it's, yeah. A receiver three, sometimes even a receiver four, is better than some of those lower-end tight ends that just, you know, you're not... You just don't the elite tight ends are worth having and worth starting even because they're just going to put up production in numbers. But after them... That's pretty much it. Yeah, there's, you know, six tight ends, seven tight ends rostered in the whole league. It, it's reasonable. <laughs> yeah. If I could just add one thing about this team, sure. I think uh, kind of an ace in the hole is he has Big Bravs twenty four first, and I, think I just saw on the sleeper chat that they were there to mention that we're going in on Big Bravs. Like, sorry, man, but that could easily be the one hundred and one. Um, and if you know, at the very least, at early first. And that could do wonders for this team, you know, whether that be um, your Caleb Williams, your Drake May, even Marvin Harrison, even though they're quite a few wide receiver pieces, that is going to be a valuable, um, you know, trade chip or a pick to use. Absolutely. That's a good point there. And, and he has his second round pick, too, which in a, you know, in a 10 team league, if, it's, if, if he gets the 101. That 201 is kind of a first-round pick as well. You know, we're used to playing in 12-team leagues, so that's still a pretty good pick there, that second-rounder as well. So, yeah, good good point there. And Godstrike is kind of chiming in to talk, I guess is the manager's name is Jeff, and that Jeff could, in theory, tank uh, as well, like the Cardinals are doing without Tyler. Yeah. Right? And so if that was the case, Stafford becomes kind of a, 
a sell to someone who is maybe in competitive mode and in need of a quarterback at some point. Maybe there's there's a good trade chip in Stafford there. You still build around Kyler and Brees. Agreed. Yeah, sell off Stafford if you don't feel like this is the year to compete. Get get that extra second. Get a you know. Can you give up a second in Stafford to get another first round pick? All right, we spent enough time on team number eight. Let's get to number seven. Number seven. Number seven team ranked as high as five and was ranked as low as nine. And uh, it is KCAT111. Uh, and Raul, this is your squad here. Give me your breakdown. Jeff, it's actually KCAT111. One, 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 one. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one. It was KCAT1111. 11 11. Uh, that's that, by the way, that's twice with this league that Jeff forgot the last one. I did. <laughs> well, because we're not at team number one yet. <laughs> I like the ring of 11 11 a lot better, but it's, it's funny. We were just talking about the you know tight ends in, in a format like this. You know, I think if we either had a tight end position, tight end premium, or you know, both, this team would be a lot higher on everyone's board. Uh, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews are a little bit wasted, you know, in a format like this. Like, of course, yes, still higher end pieces, but then you have to think of Travis Kelsey as like he's more of your a Cooper Cup. Mark Andrews, he did have thirteen hundred yards in twenty twenty one, but beyond that, he's around eight hundred. You know, with improvement, let's say a thousand yards, that's still not more than you know wide receiver two in 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 this kind of league. So it is a little bit wasted to have what it, anywhere else could be a bully tight end strategy. You just don't have that position to really, you know, bully your league mates. You know, that being said, there there is a lot to like about this team. Let's start with the quarterbacks. And it's a pretty loaded room, really. You have Lamar Jackson at the top of this room. And I think now with the the contract, everyone's feeling pretty good about him. Injury concerns from year to year. but. Um, and of course, it is it is a six point passing touchdown league, which I don't think we've mentioned yet. Even still, with the um, with the new coordinator coming in, Lamar likely to throw more. He's a locked and loaded QB one, high end QB one in this league. Geno Smith, um, I think uh, Kyle, we may be we may be onto some moves here. Uh, but having the likes of Geno Smith, Russell Wilson, and Kenny Pickett on, on this league on this team. Seems like a bit of excess value that you can maybe look to pivot away from the QB position mid-year into some uh, to, to a QB needy team and add another skill position piece. Um, but all in all, you know, everyone really wants a room like that. Um, the running backs is where it gets a little bit interesting. Um, so he's got Travis Etienne, Isaiah Pacheco, James Conner, Deonta Foreman, Zamir White. Jamal Williams and Joshua Kelly, who might be a cut candidate, to be honest. But there is a world where you have four, not just startable, but four like running backs that you really want to be playing week to week. Etienne, you know, who's had a ton of discourse around him this offseason. Um, in the best case scenario, he is the, you know, the workhorse for an ascending offense. He starts to catch the ball like he did in college. He could be, you, he could be, you know, strong RB one. Isaiah Pacheco, running back on the Chiefs, could keep the workload. You know, he really balled out in this in the Super Bowl. Could could be a very useful player to have. James Conner, towards the end of the year, even without Kyler Murray, became you know a true workhorse back, getting I think like 
85% plus of, of like the running back touches in, in, in that um, for that Cardinals offense, another, you know, high end asset. And then Deonta Foreman, uh, Zamir White, there are even Jamal Williams. There are, there are ways that they can become players. You really want to start week on week. The negative case though, is starting with ETN, who really is one of my, my favorite players to watch because of his, his explosiveness. He gets marred in a committee with uh, Tank Bigsby with Dearness Johnson. He doesn't get the pass, pass work. He's been extremely inefficient on the goal line. He could become a middling running back too. Isaiah Pacheco, kind of the same deal. And, you know, they do. The Chiefs really have been weird for running backs from year to year. Could really be like a low end starter. James Conner aging, pretty terrible Cardinals offense. Again, no one you really want to start. So this is a team that you may have to wait the first few weeks of the season to really see if you're going to be propelled into a, you know, a strong contender or if it's something that you want to blow up, which takes me nicely to the next position group, wide receivers. I think all of us here really want to build around receivers. We all want to build around Justin Jefferson, of course. I mean, that is the definition of a cornerstone asset. But beyond that, it does get a little bit shaky. You know, I like Quentin Johnson. I think this is a receiver that even if he doesn't play too much next, this upcoming season, when we're talking about him a year from now, his value is going to be artificially or, you know, artificially or genuinely raised just because of the ages of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. That's another good asset to have. Beyond that, it's hard to see how a lot of these wide receivers retain the value that they have now. Chris Godwin, you know, sneaky value in redraft. Is he is he really going to be higher valued a year from now on that offense? I mean, they they certainly could get you know uh, a w- one or two first or second draft pick, but that's it's it's a downward trending offense. Uh, Jacoby Myers mired mired in a pretty bad situation. Michael Thomas, Kerlin Sutton, Lazard, you know. I'm not really excited about this wide receiver room. And I think that's why a lot of us had this team on, on the lower end of our rankings. It just kind of goes against how we want to build a foundation for our team. And then when you go back to the risk inherent in that running back room, it's, re- it's really hard to feel confident in, in the future of this team. The last piece going back to where I started is of course, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, you know, they will get you the points. The advantage is slightly diminished uh, having them in, in this sort of format. But these are two players that in the middle of the year, you know, you realize your running backs are not working out. You know, Godwin is maybe putting up like a measly 10 PPR points a week. Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews are the ones that I probably would be looking to shift, even though, as I said, they get you the points. They're, they're not as much of an advantage in a format like this. So, you know, I like some of the pieces, but like, like I said, maybe at the start, you don't want to be in the middle of your league. And this is a team that could be stuck in the middle if you don't make a decision, decisive move either way. Yeah, the thing that stood out with me on this team here was, you know, I, I think I had them ranked the lowest. And I usually look at the starting lineup to, to, to start off. And when you're having to start Quentin Johnson and, and Jaden Reed and Jacoby Myers, uh, even Cortland Sutton, for that matter, when those guys are in your starting lineup, it it, it hurts your your overall build for me. Um, have, being forced to start guys that you know may or may not start off the season you know well, and for all we know, may not ever be good. But 
you know, that's four guys in your start lineup that are kind of uh, a little bit of a question mark that make me nervous. And Kyle, I heard you wanted to chime in here. Go ahead. And- well, just something who was mentioning about trading the tight ends and, and, you know, in this format, they don't necessarily pose the advantage is, you know, the lack of advantage based on the scoring and roster settings, especially for Mark Andrews. Is that mitigated by the fact that this, that ACAT has the stack, right? Like, is this the, I think I'd agree with you on trading Kelsey, but I think like I, as much as Andrews isn't giving you a tight end premium advantage, the fact that he's tied with Lamar Jackson, I think, helps. Uh, and I guess the one thing, if Andrews ever gets hurt, you don't feel like, oh, I have to replace him with a tight end mm-hmm. either. So, well, KCAT he- just, uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but KCAT just chimed in that he got him in the in round seven of the startup. So, it, you know, tight end this value. This league isn't, va- yeah, this league properly isn't valuing the tight end, yeah, as a result. Right, right. So, so, so Kelsey might not have the same type of cachet. Like you mentioned, like you, I think you brought up the comparison. You almost consider him like a Cooper Cup. I wonder if Cooper Cup gets traded for more value right now than Kelsey just because of that. Right. Uh, right. But I would still, I would look to, and I guess as a result of that, I'd look to especially build around Andrews, build around Lamar Jackson, build, build around the purple players because that Justin Jefferson, <laughs> everyone else, you know, like, because like they're, they're like Barney the purple dinosaur where they're a little bit older. Right? <laughs> I know uh, right. apparently you got a, healthy competition going with a hundred dollar bet on the table for one well one thousand one hundred and eleven k cat uh funny how it's not k cat with like nine 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 like the cats with the nine lives apparently this is a luckier <laughs> cat with 11 lives um yeah. all right let's get to team number six number six number six team ranked as high as five and as low as seven it is the talk of the town and brian take it away yeah, uh, first off, I mean, uh, God strike, how many times we got to tell you? It's not the order you're going to finish. It's the order that we'd like to take the teams over. Uh, and, and, <laughs> I'd and, rather have Lamar Jackson than Tua. I think that was, that's a big and, factor. And I, I, and I actually was the high man on, on this team, Talk of the Town. I put them fifth as far as the order in which I would like uh, to take them over. That does not mean by any stretch that they're going to be finishing uh, uh, fifth this year. Um, so I kind of leaned into that, like I'd like to take them over part of the rankings. Uh, I think they've got some good young pieces. Importantly, they've got some uh, good trade pieces as well, um, you know, to improve the team and, and move forward on, on this rebuild. When we're looking at the quarterbacks, there's a lot of, there's a lot of youth there with uh, AR and Stroud. Obviously, if both hit well, that could be really good, but, you know, still a huge question mark. Um, a lot of good running backs, and, and, and to me, that means, ooh, I got good things to trade, and, I, and that's another thing I look at when I'm trying to take over a team, but ooh, I can trade those guys. Okay, good. Um, and, you know, a couple pretty good receivers, but that's, the, that's a, a weak point, but that's part of what you're going to rebuild. You're going to be moving your investments from, from running back into the wide receiver uh, position. Uh, and, you know, I think uh, Kincaid uh, uh, as a tight end really is essentially the, 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 you know, the Bills wide receiver, too, at this point. Um, it, you, may t- you may have to be a little patient in the beginning, but I think that's, that's how it's going to shake out. He's going to be the big slot there. Um, you've got three firsts in 2024, which I love. It's another reason why I, I, wa- I put this team fifth as far as, like, who I wanted to take over. And you've still got a first, second, and fourth in 2025. And your 2026 draft capital is intact. Um, so again, you're young and you're thinner at wide receiver than you want to be, but you're going to have running backs to trade to help uh, all that. Definitely question marks uh, at quarterback. There's a story I can tell where like every single one of these quarterbacks is terrible. 
there's a story I can tell where every, you know, a, a bunch of them are, are really good. And that's a pretty wide range uh, of, of outcomes. So, you know, I don't know how many leagues you're in, right? But um, I'm in like 40 plus, right? So when I see that uh, Anthony Richardson is going in ADP uh, as like, you know, quarterback nine at the 201, that tells me he's being overvalued by the market now that, you know, we're outside of the, the environment of a rookie draft. And that tells me if I've got, you know, my five or six shares of AR, which I do, maybe it's maybe I trade one, right? Because maybe he's overvalued by the market. So it's a possibility, but it's, it, it, chances are, if you're like me, you know, um, you're probably going to hold him because you're probably not going to get what you want. Um, you might love him uh, like I do. I, I love Richardson. I would package Purdy and Darnold together and trade them. As like the as well throw in Lance too. Yes. No, we're not going to do that. Hold on. (laughs) Uh, So um, we're gonna we're gonna package Purdy and Darnold together as pretty much the quarterbacks that San Francisco uh, is leaning into with Purdy as the starter and and Darnold as 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 the backup. I want I want to get Purdy off my roster. The Purdy story is fun. He's not good. He's he's pretty much at the ceiling of his value. He's a he's a joystick. Uh, you know, push the buttons quarterback for Kyle Shanahan's ego. He's not good. The team carries him. But because he's surrounded by those weapons uh, and because he did well at the end of last year, um, he's going to score points. And he's, and he's a pretty decent quarterback, too, or especially in a, in a 10 team league of quarterback three. So I would package those two to a contender, especially before the wheels fall off of the Purdy story. Um, if you're not a believer in Lance, uh, you know, trade him. If you are like me, you hold him uh, because uh, as as far as like my crystal ball, right? If I if I was going to make a bet, it's that Lance is 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 going to be traded somewhere at some point and become uh, the starter. They can talk all they want about deploying both of them and using Purdy for passing and some run packages for Lance and all that. And that, you know, whatever. There, he's under the rookie contract. They control him. It's possible. I foresee in a in a year or maybe even two, Lance being the starter in a place like Tennessee, Atlanta, you know, places like that, and you know that, and, and it's it's gonna it's gonna pay off. So, but if you're not a believer in Lance, then it, then it would be somebody that you trade now because really, you know, um, I mean, you, you in your mind the value probably won't go up. So so you so you move him. Um, I would probably trade James Cook as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's good, good efficiency numbers on cook, good, good peripherals, but I question, uh, the volume and the role that he plays in the offense. And I don't know that that got any less murky. You know, this was a team that was like sort of begging for somebody to throw to besides Diggs, and they had cook and they still didn't use him much. And Oh, by the way, they added Kincaid and Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield, uh, and still have Shakir and Gabe Davis. And Oh, by the way, added Damian Harris. I, don't, I just don't see it. You know, it's a possibility if, the, if he gets the volume, but I think, I think now's the time to trade him. Um, there's an argument to trade both Najee and A-Chain at this point as well. A-Chain is highly valued, I believe overvalued. Um, I'm not a big believer in him. Or you hold on to A-Chain and you wait for that first TikTok video of him busting a, a run for 81 yards to the house, and, th- and then you trade him. Kind of the same thing with Najee, right? Like he's unsexy, he's inefficient, he's volume dependent. But guess what? Volume, volume pretty much runs, you know, fantasy football. So, um, you know, it's a question of it might be the kind of guy where, you know, since he's unsexy, you have to wait till in season 
and when points are being scored uh, to move him. You know, check around, see what you can get. I would try to move Chase Brown to the to the mixing manager uh, at this point too. Um, you know, see if somebody's got Mingo fever. Um, you know, because there's definitely a story where he can not hit, or you know, he's a guy that you hold on to because you're a believer. I think I think Mooney too. There's an interesting thing with Mooney because now with the addition of DJ Moore, we kind of know Mooney is okay. He's in a role he's better suited for. He's the wide receiver too, and and he's coming back from the injury, so. You know, um, we kind of know we kind of know the path now. We know the story for for 2023 moving forward. Um, so he might be a guy that, that you might want to move. I would get off Jalen Hyatt. Um, I'm not a I'm not a believer. Or again, it might be the kind of thing where you wait for that one week where he takes you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, gets a wide receiver screen and breaks it 90 yards. Um, uh, you know, if you can, I mean, not that Komet has much value in this league for Christ's sake, would you please start tight ends and make it tight end premium? <laughs> not that Komet has much value in this league, but you know, he might be a guy if you've got a believer. Um, you know, I love Kincaid. If you don't, you know, there's Kincaid fever out there. So again, he might be somebody to trade. Um, and then, you know, basically the guys who were kind of questions about whether or not you trade them now. The alternative is is you trade them later, but I don't have too many like you know must trade later uh, pieces for you. You know, like the other team, you're targeting uh, quarterbacks, but they're expensive. Uh, but again, you know you've got you've got quarterbacks to move, and they're valuable, right? Like you can move Purdy, you can move uh, Stroud. If you don't believe in in Lance, you can move Lance, right? So they hold some value. Um, and of course, and well, hold on, hold on. And of course, you're, you you want to go for uh, for draft capital and picks as well in this kind of a situation when you're when you're rebooting a team. And like the other like the other team, you know, the same thing with waivers, right? You want to target guys that can increase in value that might be an injury away, or that you can take and flip when um, when points start getting scored uh, in season. So that's the kind of thing that you want to do. I think you're in better shape than some of the other teams that are kind of in a reboot, which is why I, you know, I had this team ranked fifth as far as who I'd want to take over. It's just, you know, it's, it's a fun team with, with good pieces, good draft capital, AR, like huge ceiling, right? So yeah, um, you know, the wide receivers, uh, Addison and Burks are interesting too. Like, for example, there's a lot of people who don't believe in Burks. I do. So, you know, figure out, you know, if you're above or below market, and, and act accordingly like uh addison's like wide receiver 17 on ktc now you know again we don't love ktc but it's a barometer of the people who are in your sleeper leagues and i think i think that's an overvalue so you know maybe there's that's something that you know you get a plus on top of a guy that you like almost the same that's in that huge tier of like wide receiver 20 to 90 right so you know you've got a lot of different ways you can go with this team which is also another reason why I, I ranked it I ranked it five so yeah I, I think you're 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 a, a fun a fun team and you will be even more of the talk of the town uh, when you start making moves. Yeah, the one thing that stood out to me and I, I had him at six. I didn't have him quite as high as you, but I still had him pretty pretty high. So he's got Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Jonathan Mingo, Jordan Addison. Um, who else has he got? Sean Tucker, Chase Brown. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, you mentioned. I mean, he's got a lot of rookies from this past class, and some of them really, you know, he's got Devin A. Chain, a lot of them pretty highly ranked rookies as well. I feel like he had so many picks in that first and, you know, high second round in this last draft. And then on top of that, he's got three firsts next year as well. So he, yeah, he's, and he's got other opportunities like moving, 
Zeke when he signs somewhere, moving Algier, especially to the Bijan manager, moving Malik Davis to the Pollard manager. Like there's and and Tucker Boom, if he hits, like if he makes that roster, like that's like nothing but profit, right? Because Rashad White ain't great and yeah, I mean, like, it, yeah, like, it, he's got a lot of places he can go. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. You were mentioning earlier the Anthony Richardson trade. I know how much, how high you are, specifically, Brian, on Richardson. Do you think the move there, if, if, if they, they do decide to move Richardson, is to try and tear up from Richardson, use all this draft capital accumulated to get a top eight quarterback? Or do you pivot down from Richardson? Are you, are you trying to go with... Uh, Yes. Where do you go from lower? You'd probably go to an older quarterback. Going lower, like how, how would yeah, you? Approach? That's the thing, right? Like if you go lower, you're, you're probably looking at older. Um, it's tough to get into that top six or eight uh, tier of quarterbacks in, in a trade. And, and, and so is there enough so, doubt with fields that Richardson to fields is like the most attainable? That's going to be the most attainable, but it's also, the, still it's also the most risky. You might want to target uh, Trevor Lawrence. If you're tearing down, it's interesting, right? Because Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray like, are going after Richardson in, in startup drafts. Um, you know, how many good years does Dak have left, right? He's going well after Richardson in startup drafts. Are you a believer in Vanilla Vic, Danny Dimes, right? He's going like almost three whole rounds, like two plus rounds after Richardson in, in startups. And he's not old, right? And he just got you know, heavily invested in by Brian Dayball with that contract. Like, so, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of different ways you, know, you, you can go with that. Um, it's, it's a tough call, though. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and get to number five. Number five. Number five team. As a, probably the biggest disparity that we have so far. Uh, ranked as high as five and as low as eight. And it is diehards. And uh, Zach, this is your squad here. I love how you assigned me the team that, you know, I just can't relate to at all with how I draft in startups. You know, I'm usually the, hey, let's plan for as long as possible and be patient. This team, you know, they said, hey, we want to win the damn thing and we're going to do it now. And I want to emphasize that off the bat as we go through this. I mean, you got Josh Allen. I don't really think we need to break down Josh Allen because we know who he is, what he Will do and how he'll produce for you for a long time to come same with those i mean the whole running back room actually but christian mccaffrey and saquon i mean if they were in that zoom meeting uh where they could bitch about their position you know they were of a certain tier and it looks like this dude pretty much had that whole zoom call on his yeah. uh, starting lineup so good for you there but i mean i i love cmc and saquon but they're very much so obviously win now pieces and then you throw in digs off the bat i like judy because while he's not like the others with you know more um more proven history judy is proven enough and he's a younger asset i know Diggs still has a few years left same with saquon and cmc but they're definitely you know kind of right at their peaks um with that in mind keenan allen definitely fits the mold of the rest of your team so far i mean i think Going through these names so far, there's no, it's tough to have any questions about production or them falling off at this point in time. This is the best uh, redraft team I've seen. <laughs> exactly. If this was the Scott Fishbowl or something like that, I'd be doing heel kicks right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dallas Goddard, you know, I, I love it. It's a great tight end, obviously. I mean, Brian, I'm right there with you. Obviously, he's gone, but I'll say it since he's not here. Hey, uh, tight end premium, let's have a tight end slot, maybe. But 
You know, you don't, and I think Dallas is one of those guys that's still worth having in your starting lineup with that in mind. Um, obviously, Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones are getting up there in age, but again, some of the most proven running backs. And I just can't believe you have all of these guys on one team. I mean, forget their age, but CMC, Saquon, Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry. Oh, and then Damian Harris as an RB5. That's awesome. And that fits right into what Kyle was alluding to earlier with having, you know, filling those flex spots as much as possible with proven running backs. This guy did exactly that. Um, yeah, I mentioned earlier, like a team of the best, arguably the best RB trio. It, it would be either that team or this team here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, it's really the end of the starting lineup that gets me a little nervous. You know, it's the Damian Harris and Sam Laporta spots. And we'll talk more about that in a second. I do want to touch on Jared Goff, though. I think that's an asset that um, gets relatively minimized. He's not a sexy name. He's not going to be a, you know, top five, top six QB ever. I think you need to, you know, the, the expectations can only go so high. But this is a team that believes in him, that's invested in him, has put a lot of weapons around him. And, you know, I really do just have to emphasize the fact that they believe in him because they paid him. They traded a lot or they... They got a good haul in return, but they, you know, realistically, they've shown in every regard that they believe in him and they view him as their franchise QB going forward. With that in mind, though, let's go back to Damian Harris and Sam Laporta. It's such an overpowered starting lineup, and then you, you really start to see the wall towards the end of that starting line. I think Damian Harris, even with James Cook in Buffalo, can be re- uh, respectable enough in one of those flag spots, especially compared to some wide receivers that he might be competing against there. But it's more so Sam Laporta. I love him in most formats, but when there's no tight end premium, no tight end slot, he's a rookie, we don't know what his role will be day one. I think he'll be a good long-term asset, but it's tough for me to really see him contributing that much for you and what feels just like you're ready to win now and you're focused on right now. And on that note, before we get to the bench, I want to actually discuss the draft picks because um, I'm on just... There's not too much to talk about in regards to the bench. I'll talk about a few of the guys, but it's more so the trade picks. I noticed you didn't have your first, and that's where I think a lot of these guys we're about to go through are guys that you should be looking to package with your second, third, or fourth to get other win-now pieces. I don't like the idea of really pushing all your eggs into one basket. I think balance is key, but I think you're already kind of past that point of balance of youth and vets. And I think you just got to lean all the way in at this point. You're already pretty much 90% there. Let's just go the full 100%. With the bench specifically, though, you know, Tom Brady, is he even really worth rostering at this point? I mean, all I know him as is a major league pickleball owner at this point. I forget (laughs) he was even in the NFL. But with Marcus Mariota, I mean, is he the third stringer? Or no, he's the second because Gardner went to uh, Indianapolis. But still, it's some of these QBs I like. The idea of, hey, if there's an injury, but in a 10-team league, I have a hard time seeing all of them really be worth uh, rostering. Then the running back room, Kareem Hunt, obviously, who knows? Chase Edmonds, eh, same with CH. Spiller and Chandler, though, I do like that those two names, but I think those are guys that I would be looking to try and send to um, – the owner of Alexander Madison um, and the owner of uh, Austin Eckler, you know, give them some handcuffs. Obviously there's a few other running backs that will be competing for those backup roles, but there you could get relatively more assets in return there. Um, yep. Yeah, I agree though. Drew Locke, Drew Locke is, you know, 
he's a special one. If if he was drafted when Elway was uh, in charge of the Broncos, he's clearly a long term NFL producer, right? Um, <laughs> I thought Elway drafted him. Yeah, he didn't. I thought he did. No, I think he did. No, I'm saying, but if he fits right into that mold, of, oh yeah, you know, of course, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But with um. With the wide receivers, I, I like Woods and Thielen and Gage on this bench because it fits and it makes sense. You know, I would, if your roster was different, I would say trade those guys, you know, try and get some other young upside pieces. But realistically, I'm eyeballing more of the Romeo Dobbs, the Alec Pierce, the Tyler Scotts, um, those three specifically, along with uh, Spiller and Chandler, and seeing who has interest in any of them and what I could use my second, third, or fourth in 24 to package with those guys to try and get more productive pieces to help me win now. Because I'm really just looking at the, the Damian Harris, less so, less so that spot, really just Sam Laporta's starting role. If I can get a piece I'm more confident in there, I have a really hard time seeing this be outside of a top three team you know, uh, for this year. And that's where I think that's something I want to emphasize. Remember, this is the team, not where we think you'll finish, but the order that we'd want to take over a roster. Because I look at this team, and you know, this is the ideal 2023 team, redraft team, where I think you're ready to go right now, but there's just a lot of, uh, it could be really dark times in your future. Yeah, so I mean, that's the, where the name really of the, want to lean. go ahead, Jeff. So the name of the team is Diehards. So you, you, yep. you're going to die hard really quick with the, yep. some of this roster. It's time to just push. Push that extra 10%. Start to make those moves. See who's out there. And you can be patient with some of those guys. The Dobbs, the Pierce, the Spillers, those guys. You can wait. You don't have to do it right now. But if I actually would prefer to trade for some of the vets right now when there's questions about the role on new teams. And that's where I think you might be able to get them a little cheaper. Because some of those vets, the moment, say they're in that new location, but they have two or three good weeks out of, say, four or five to start the year, you know, suddenly the price is going to go up regardless of age. So that's where I think you could get cheaper win now pieces right now. But that's all I got with this team. What do you guys think? How many teams have we said up to this point, sell your older players, right? Like this yep. should be one of those teams that's looking for those older players. And, yeah. and I hate to say it because I know a lot, like I don't want to get too far ahead into trading all these future draft assets, but with this roster, I'd feel fairly comfortable trading my 25 picks as well, just because I think there's enough pieces where I think he can at least be a contender next year too. It's going to get a little trickier with Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry and some of those guys each year after this year. Um, and one thing with Aaron Jones as well, I want to emphasize is I don't think he's going to be a green Bay Packer next year. You know, he's got, I want to, it's a $17 million cap hit next year. So I'm going to assume that, that they're probably going to cut him this off season. And I think this is going to be that, that last dance of really top tier production from Aaron Jones. Yeah. So with that in mind, um, Go win now, go win that damn thing and enjoy it because, hey, if you win one year, you can uh, be pretty much paying for a lot of years to lose after that and you can live happily with that. Yeah, and I know uh, we've done, this is, the, I think, the third league we've done for, for God Strike, and I know at least one of those leagues was a, was a high-stakes league. I don't know if this one is or not. Um, but, yeah, if, if, if you're going to go for it, diehards, go all in because you, you pretty much already have it, the, the roster that you have. Um, I think you just have to put your chips into the table right now and just go for it. Because I think this team on the surface is probably the best team for this year. It's just long term. It's not going to be quite as good. I would hold on to the 25 first just because of that fact of, man, this team could die so quickly that, like, I think it's fine that they've already sold their 24 first. We're expecting it to be a late first. But maybe by 
next season this team already starts to kind of hit that wall. So I would I would th- I would sell almost every other pick, but hang on to that twenty five first, at least then, until next year. I think and you'll get a better picture. But like that's, to, to that's Zach's why. point, there's, sorry, Kai, I just want to say real quick. That's why I think there's more benefit in selling the twenty five first now because I think a lot of people would look at this roster like how you're describing, where they're like, oh, maybe mid midway next year they'll be falling off so that's where if i could really be aggressive and using that first rounder where they think it might be an earlier first i can get more win now pieces that can help prolong that maybe even just the rest of next season but i think if i were to sell the first it would have to be a young win now someone like uh i I keep going back to aj brown but aj brown's almost at the perfect apex of he won't cost as much as jefferson and chase but he's going to give you close, like, difference-making production. I think he was the wide receiver seven or eight last year. Like, that will be good win-now production, but we also expect something long-term with him. So, yeah, lean into, I, I agree, Zach. Like, you know, if, you've, if they've already committed by selling their 24 first, the best thing to do is to make that first as late as possible now. So, yeah, sell all the other picks. But, yeah, I think be cautious. Be very, it's got to be a specific deal for specific types of assets, that I think. All right, let's get to team number. Where are we on? We're on four now, right? Four, yeah. Number four. All right, number four team uh, ranked as high as three, as low as four, and uh, it is TK Wood. Kyle, this is your team. Well, I think we, you know, would be good uh, if we uh, kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit and just to, you know, about those rankings. We're. It seems like we kind of collectively really set a tear break on the top four teams and anyone else in terms of what we want to take over because all four of these teams are about to get to none of them none of us rank them any of them outside the top four yep so like our rankings are really like a big kind of gap between five. Um, and, and to me like i think i i kind of viewed them the same way too where i considered all four of these teams at number one at one i thought it was a very close uh, separation between all four like even just starting at the top Patrick Mahomes Justin Fields what a what a great QB duo uh, again like there's some teams that don't have a quarterback as good as Justin Fields like the team with Tua I'd, I'd much rather I'd be more comfortable with Fields even the Anthony Richardson Shroud team like I'd rather have Fields than either of those two so the fact that it I think there's one other team that could maybe you could argue has a better QB duo and we're about to get to them soon uh, but yeah, I think just starting off the top with, with two quarterbacks like that, that A, have great value, but B, also can produce great numbers, that sets you up real well. Um, there's four tight ends on this team. And this is, we're getting to some of the teams where, where there's five tight ends, George Kittle plus four others. So that seems excessive. Kittle's enough of a difference maker. Uh, the way he, like his yards per catch look more like a, a wide receiver's stats than a, a tight end stat. Um, but like Taysom Hill, Dawson Knox, Irv Smith, and Luke Musgrave, I kind of broke them into like two different categories where you've got like Knox and Irv Smith are on great teams. So there's high weekly touchdown upside just for those offenses in general. Uh, but it, it also seems difficult to know when you're ever going to play them. Uh, again, you don't ever, so even on like George Kittle's bye week you don't have to play a tight end. So, um, I mean, Zach, like you're, oh, Zach's gone. Uh, but I, I'm a Packers fan, just like Zach is. I'm not really a big believer in Luke Musgrave, mostly just because I'm not that big of a believer in Jordan Love. Tight ends take time anyway. Um, 
know, likely they've already drafted. They drafted Luke Musgrave this year. It feels tough to just burn a draft pick you've already made, but like, I don't really feel like there's much point of having Musgrave on this roster. And he, honestly, the same with Taysom Hill. Like, Kyle, I heard that was on end. What were you saying? What's up? Well, just like, I don't really believe in Luke Musgrave long-term. Um, just because like, I don't really, right now I don't believe in Jordan Love long-term. And, and, and you know, what's, what's a rookie tight end without a good quarterback? I mean, most rookie tight ends with good quarterbacks can't even do anything. So I just have a hard time seeing how Musgrave is within a, like a reasonable window of three years really going to be a difference maker to the point where is he even really worth rostering in this league? I think, I think Musgrave might – man, it's tough with no tight end position and no, no premium. Because exactly. I, I think Musgrave can be good. I also really like Kraft, but that's the issue is, yeah, he might – I could see Musgrave maybe being a tight end 10 at some point, but unless there's a tight end slot, that's not very much uh, production. You know, wide receiver 40s probably wouldn't score more than that. Well, that's what I was going to say. Where's, where's tight end match to the wide receivers? You're probably right. It's probably somewhere between 30 and 40, somewhere around that. And, and at that point, that's where, you know, I think he's still worth rostering, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll let you keep going. But hey, cool it over there on the Jordan Love slander, okay? Because I'm a believer. <laughs> I would, again, Packers fan, would love to be completely wrong on him. We'll find out. Um, I guess the one thing I love about this team is they are one of the deeper running back teams. I think I counted 10 running backs on roster. I think it's like the second highest in, in the entire league. Um, but also, as a result, and I guess it makes sense that this is all on the same team, They've only got nine wide receivers. We mentioned you can start up to nine. So to me, like, I think it's, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I believe I, th- I thought I saw like one or two other teams that, that had single digit at wide receiver. So it's one of the deepest running back rooms, but also one of the shallowest wide receiver rooms. And I think that's probably why I ended up with them out of these top four teams, putting them the last, even though I love Mahomes, it's probably the best asset to have. And I, I'm a big believer in fields. You know, God strike is not so much relative to Tua anyway, but I think the roster construction is what kind of threw me off and me and I rank them fourth because of that. So, but I think those are easy things to fix, right? Again, sometimes it's as easy as just cutting Taysom Hill, cutting Musgrave and picking up a couple of bodies at wide receiver. And it might just be as simple as that, like players that have more week to week realistic upside. Because seriously, Taysom Hill has upside but he's also got like the lowest floor imaginable for any tight end because he, you know, he doesn't catch passes. <laughs> like it, it's all based on touchdowns. So. No, <clears throat> and I suppose that's the type of tight end you'd want in a league where there's no tight end premium. You don't have to start tight ends because he's not catching enough passes to make a tight end premium. But it also just seems like probably just a better shot at, at, at a wide receiver in a good offense tied to a quarterback. That's better than Derek Carr. And yeah, there's worse quarterbacks than Carr, but there are also some that are better. So, yeah, I think just clean up, shift some of that tight end depth to wide receiver depth, and then you, I think, balance this roster out a lot more. Yeah, I, I agree there 100% with your, your tight ends there, talking about you know, they're not rosterable. And, and Taysom Hill is the, is the tight end that, in this league, if you're having to start him, you're probably in trouble um, because you're never going to know when he's going to have that big game. You know, it's, it's not like it's best ball. You're not getting those points regardless. So, yeah, he's definitely someone that I would probably cut because uh, you'll never know. And it's when not like normally like for tight ends, you can like, and I know Jeff, you do so much DFS here. So if anyone who loves DFS, I definitely suggest check out Friday nights here on the Glory for two live network is Jeff, Tim Gerson. They do a great show, but like 
there's certain teams where, oh yeah, this team's allowing so many points to tight ends. Like you can kind of pick on them, but Taysom Hill doesn't score points like other tight ends. You can't even really use that to your advantage and say, yep. oh, the Saints have a great tight end matchup. That probably means it's going to be a Juwan Johnson week, not a Taysom Hill week. So like, yeah, touchdowns are random, but you can sort of predict them to a certain extent. Taysom Hill, you cannot predict at all when, he, when he's ever going to touch the ball. No, absolutely. It's, he's such a hard asset to, to Ross. I would, I'd cut him. Because like, he, he's got no value. Like We've already like, mentioned how Travis Kelsey was a seventh-round pick in the startup. Clearly, tight ends are not valued in this league. So yeah. Cut him and just get a, get a wide receiver. Yep, I think even get to if, double digit wide receivers, and then you've got roster value. Yeah, even if you know we've talked about going tight end premium, even if they go tight end premium, he's still not rosterable for me because he's just not going to gain much value. All right, let's get to team number three. Number three, number three team. As uh, Kyle alluded to, none of these teams were ranked lower than four. This one was ranked as low as four, as high as three, and it is full metal Kraken. And Raul, this is your squad here. Right, so I think Kyle alluded to this, and full metal cracking here, my man. You have the best QB room in this league, a QB room all of us drew about in Dynasty. And let me just address as well, it's not just six-point passing touchdown. There are also bonuses for 40-plus uh, yard completions, 50-plus yard passing touchdowns. You get bonuses for big passing games. Uh, yeah, three above three hundred yards, you get one point. Four hundred plus yards, you get two points. You get uh, another point for twenty-five plus pass completion. So this really rewards your top QBs, and that's what both Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are. I mean, in this in this kind of format, Joe Burrow could be. You know, I wouldn't even be mad if Joe Burrow was QB two in in, in a league like this, um, just with. You know his, you know prototype, but also having the weapons that he does have. Justin Herbert, someone I'm targeting in a lot of redraft leagues. I really think this can be a bounce back year for him, and especially with the addition of Kellen Moore to that to that offense. I really like the outlook for Justin Herbert. I'm going to go a, diff- a little bit in a different order than positional groups because I want to. It's a very interesting build. Like I think I had this team and the team Kyle uh, just covered. TK Wood in very similar sort of tiers because the roster construction is just a little bit strange. I think that like precludes them from being a top two team this league. You know, we've got Garrett Wilson, who I think a lot of us love question to whether his a little bit overvalued, but I believe the hype. I mean, this guy is electric. Um, we've also got Kyle Pitts who, you know, maybe a little bit diminished in his format, but you can kind of look at him Sort of like a Drake London, you know, his teammate. Like, that's how I'd be valuing him as a young receiver. He already put up a thousand yard season. I think the addition of Jonu Smith into that offense actually will free up Kyle Pitts a little bit more from blocking. Um, so, even though it's a low passing volume offense, it is an ascending one. And so, you know, Kyle Pitts is someone to build around. The two pieces that kind of give me some pause are Austin Eckler and Tyree Kill, who are, of course, fantastic players to have for 2023. You know, Tyreek Hill probably has two to three more years of elite production. Maybe with how his game is built on speed, you want to be a little bit concerned. Austin Eckler being more of a pass-cashing running back, he doesn't have that same kind of wear and tear. But here's where I maybe pause and say, am I really a contender? Do I want to push it all in? Or 
do I play a long-term game and open my window for years to come? It may not be a popular decision, but I might consider actually shifting the likes of Eckler and Tyreek Hill on this team to get both young receivers and, oh, and or first-round picks on. And there's two reasons, really. One is missing the playoffs in a league like this is a huge boon in the sense that you get guaranteed a top four pick. You know, the top four coming in from next year, of course, we know the two quarterbacks and Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, you'd love to get any one of those either on your team or as a, tr- as a trade piece. But then can you pick from the best of the running backs, be that Travion Henderson, Ohio State, Raheem Sanders from, I believe, Arkansas. And I, I personally love Braylon Allen as well. He's a unit. Um, but can you pick the best running back? And that's, you know, if you get the 104 at worst by missing the playoffs, that's going to be a huge young addition to your team. And the second reason as to why I might consider, you know, reining in the horses on, on a true contention push is that when you get to the end of the bench, it gets a little bit desperate, you know. I don't mind, you know, I don't mind starting, you know, Mike Evans is decent. You know, he's certainly not going to be the Mike Evans of old, but you, you, you don't mind starting Mike Evans. You don't mind starting Cam Akers. Are you going to start to mind, you know, playing Gabe Davis, AJ Dillon, and then, you know, Michael Mayer, who in this sort of format really is, is he even a wide receiver four equivalent? I just don't see the depth in this team to be a true contender. You know, one injury really could blow a lot of this team up. When you get to the bench, you know, oh, I forgot to touch on Rashad White, who also, mm, I'm a little bit iffy on him. He may have the workload, but that's really going to be a stinky offense. But, you know, as far as the running backs, there are only two others, Tank Bigsby and Devin Singletary, who will need injuries to players ahead of them to have, like, real startable value. And then of the wide receivers, like, you know, maybe Zay Jones. I'd probably start Zay Jones over Michael Mayer, but <laughs> Tycon Thornton, Devontae Parker, Corey Davis, Kendrick Bourne, Jameson Crowder, Traquan Smith, Justin Watson, A.J. Green, and Julio Jones. That's tough. That's tough. It's tough. In a league that you can start eight, up to nine wide receivers, I, I honestly might cut eight or nine receivers from this team. Like it's it's just kind of a mis, mix, mismatched build. And then like like the last team, like you know, in a normal league, we want Michael Mayer. Dalton Schultz could sneakily re- lead the Texans in receptions, and Jelani Woods is an upside piece, but they're not really doing much for your starting lineup. And so that's why I may, you know, if if it were me, that you know. We, we rank this team really highly. We love your team. But I would consider shifting Austin Eckler and Tyree Kill to, to teams who are, you know, have their ships more in, teams who may think they're a contender, but, you know, we, you, you kind of sense some weakness. Try and get there first. Try and get, you know, a young receiver on your team. Stretch that. Stretch your depth out. And I think you'll be in a place where this could be, you know, the number one team in this league for three to five years. Like, there are those cornerstone pieces. There's just a little bit of work needed to be done. Yeah, great breakdown. And, and just to touch on your point and how close these two teams were, um, Arkansas Census ranking has them uh, at 3.4 for this team and uh, TK Wood at 3.6. So a, a 0.2 difference uh, in the tier there for this, these two teams. Um, and I, I agree. Actually, I think, you know, 
I don't know if I would move both Austin Eckler and Tyreek Hill, but at least one of them. Um, you tear down from Austin Eckler to a, to a lower running back and, you know, pick up a first round pick or another young receiver. Um, Cause I think this team is, is good enough to, to both compete and rebuild almost like, uh, you know, it's, it's competing, but it's not really, you know, going all in like the team diehards mm-hmm. was they, they could still get into the playoffs, make some noise. Um, but at the same time, they can also be getting some pieces on the back end to continue their improvement and, and look forward to even next year and the year after that as well. I think why I why I had envisioned selling both is because of that that cutoff between six and seven for playoffs, or in other words, guaranteeing yourself a top four pick. Yeah. You know, you never really you can't really put all your eggs in the rookie draft basket, but the top four in 2024 really looks very promising. Established top three or the best running back to come out of this class. Like that could really be a big addition to your squad. Yeah, agreed 100%. It does just seem hard to get a, a Burrow-Herbert team to tank down to the bottom. It, exactly. But, you know, it's... I mean, we've, ta- we've addressed it with all of these teams. They're, from 1 to 10, any of them could make the playoffs. Yep. You know? I mean, t- the talk of the town so is... So trading the, away Eckler and Hill... Yeah, you guarantee that, that and you boost the points of someone else. Like, one, one trade I had perhaps thought of was, like, maybe you get Eckler... A little bit more and try and get Jameer Gibbs on this team. I think this team could contend as soon as next year and almost a like for like switch in profile, but at the complete other end of the age spectrum, I, I, I'd envision that. And that may put trade consultant that their team, or sorry, man of the people, their team above yours in terms of 2023 scoring. So that's why I thought about it. You know, I do like retaining Tyree Hill for the push next year, but it may be hard to keep a Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert team down from, from the top six in this league. Yeah, good call. All right, let's get to number two. Number two. All right, this is another tier break here. So we talked about the top four. These next two teams were both ranked uh, as high as one and as low as two, but no lower than two. Uh, this team is repeat. And Brian, this is your team. Brian, this is your team. See what I did there? I repeated it. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, you know, I ranked it two. I'm right in line with, uh, with the rankings. I really like this team. What we have here is a, is a pretty solid and, and competitive roster with also opportunities for fun trades, even some that might be unexpected. And you have intact draft capital uh, for all three uh, years there. So those are all good signs about as far as taking over a team. Really good quarterbacks. You know, you've got Hertz and Dak. Uh, you know, Dimes, you know, very well could be your, your two. Um, some people actually like him more than Dak heading into, into 2023. So you've got three really solid ones. Uh, Tannehill, you know, there are some people who think, um, uh, you know, he's being a little, little slept on for, for 2023, especially after the, uh, the addition of, of, of D-Hop. So, you know, that, that's not a bad quartet to go into. Uh, even in, even in a, I'll go into the season with even in, in a ten team league, you've got JT, uh, Javante Dobbins, uh, Zach Moss, J Rob, and Zach Evans in the running back group. Uh, wide receivers, a few really good ones, and then it starts to tail off. Uh, we'll get into that uh, a little bit. You got AJ Brown, Amon Ra, Devonta Smith, DJ Moore, Bateman, Josh Downs, and then it gets a little shaky. Uh, probably too many tight ends on this team. Very good tight ends, all tight ends that I would love to have in a tight end premium league. Uh, but you know, just they're 
they're kind of like almost I don't want to say wasting roster space. They're not quite roster cloggers, but they're they're not giving you the uh, the advantage or the value um, that you might in it otherwise in, in in a typical tight end premium dynasty league. Like I said, you've got intact draft capital, so you know you you've got a a, a pretty good uh, outlook in in twenty twenty three and and moving forward because there's not a whole lot of age on the team. One thing that concerns me is what I'm going to call the yellow flag players on this team, uh, Javante Dobbins and Bateman. So um, Javante's knee injury is pretty com- is pretty complex relative to Brees Hall's knee injury, and I don't think he's going to be ready to to start the the season, and I don't think he'll ever be the running back that he was before it. He will be very good, right? Uh, and but he's not going to be the running back 100% of the running back that he was before that. I think the same is true for Dobbins, and we're learning that particularly because he, he now unexpectedly ended up on the preseason pup. And I think that's telling us that maybe you know we thought we were in the clear after those few really good games last year, and maybe we're not in the clear. Uh, and also Bateman's concerning because you know the foot's still bothering him. He's still cranky. And he technically is on the has not reported list. He's going to report soon, but he's a he's a guy who went from kind of like a buy for me because of you know Todd Munkin coming in to now like I don't know I'm a little I'm a little worried about him. So those are kind of like yellow flag players that I might try to replace uh, and move to teams that can absorb them in one way or another. Like can a team get Dobbins and it's their running back three or four? Uh, and so they can afford to kind of maybe take a little bit of the risk or can a team, you know, absorb Bateman because, um, you know, he's still, he's still young and, and in his prime and they don't have to compete in 2023, et cetera, et cetera. I think controversially I'm calling Amon Ra sort of a yellow flag, maybe a beige flag player. Um, I, I have been slow on the Amon Ra train, admittedly, um, I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm as wrong as as some people think. I do have him uh, as my dynasty wide receiver nine, uh, but instead of being in the tier with uh, Alave and Waddle and T Higgins, he's now at the top of the next tier, which is a really big tier of nine through seventeen. He's playing above his head as far as his archetype goes, as far as his prototype goes, and we're now seeing the team add Gibbs and Laporta. Uh, and Jamison Williams is going to be a thing when he gets back from the from the suspension. So um, he's one of those really, really good, really, really valuable receivers who I don't dislike, but he's a guy I might move off of if I could. Um, and I think you can get, you can break him into multiple pieces. I know a lot of folks, especially in a 10-team league, will tell you, you don't trade your elite players for, for depth, you know, right? And I think that's true. But when I look at your wide receiver group as there's a big drop off after like the first four or so, and when I look at your running backs that have two yellow flag players in them, um, you know, I, I'm saying this might be a, a, a guy who has a lot of value and who I could still get really good pieces for. And those pieces are starter pieces. Like they're not just, they're not, they're not just, you know, give me four quarters for a dollar. Uh, Danny Dimes might be in that category too depending on how you feel about him and how, uh, and how your buddies feel about him in, in the league. Um, I think I'm a little lower than market on, on dimes, um, but I see the appeal, right? There's not many quarterbacks in the history of the NFL have thrown for 3,000 yards and run for 700. Um, 
you know, there's there's reasons to be in on him and there's reasons to be out on him. I think he's a little overvalued in startups. So maybe there's a guy because you do have three other um, quarterbacks that you can, you know, roll into 2023 with just fine. Um, that might be a situation where you're going to get a lot for him in a super flex economy. Um, you know, AJ Brown is a guy who I have my wide, dynasty wide receiver for absolutely love him in his prime. There's something about it that I just don't love. I'm not saying trade him. I'm saying I picked AJ Brown in the second round of the startup and I didn't feel great about it. And I can't put my finger on why I didn't feel great about it, <laughs> but like, I don't know how much he can repeat. I think Devonte Smith really is really good. He's a wide receiver too. And we'll always need an alpha there, but I, I don't know. There's something about like, I'm a little cautious on, on AJ Brown. DJ Moore is a guy I'm probably below market on as well, but you know, it's not like you're going to move him. I mean, he's, he's young in his prime and you're competing, like keep him Right. Um, so you have too many tight ends. I don't know what you're really going to do about that in this league. Hawkinson's the guy you want to keep. He's the most like a wide receiver. He's a target hog there. The other guys could have really good 2023s. I think McBride is underrated. He might be a guy that you sit on and trade when points start getting scored. Dulcich, uh, Muth, Njoku, all very good tight ends. If this was a tight end premium league, I, I would love to have them. I don't really know what their value is in the trade streets in a league like this because I'm just not in leagues like this. So I can't really like give you too, too much advice there. But, but there will be weeks where Dulcich looks really good. And there will be weeks where Muth gets two touchdowns with red zone targets. There will be weeks when Najoku looks like the very athletic you know, prospect from 2017. And those might be weeks that you, you can maybe move them for more than, than you would uh, otherwise. Um, so you know, the action plan here is to fortify that roster and the yellow flags and sort of the thinness at wide receiver and, and running back. And if you can, add, add draft capital in, in the process. So for example, if you are going to trade um, on rock, get a couple starters and like a second and a third. Um, you know, there are trades to do that. Dimes is a candidate. I'm on Rod. Tanny's a candidate. Dak is a candidate too. You can trade Dak and keep the other quarterbacks. You can do a lot of things with your quarterbacks. Um, all the tight ends really are, are trade candidates as well. Um, you know, there's just, it's a really good roster. It's intact draft capital. There's just, if you want to win the ship this year, there's, there's, there's some questions and uncertainty with some of those players that I don't feel really super great about. And I just want to take a second um, to, um, to say, like, we keep talking about, like, contending and rebuilding and contending and rebuilding. And one thing that I'm learning about and trying to do more of in, with my Dynasty Leagues, and it takes a while to get there, is to not think of these things as, like, a window or, um, God strike, you just don't, forget it. Um, not think of the, the, this as like a window or a cycle, right? But as more of a conveyor belt, that you're always good enough with players to make noise in the playoffs, yet you always also have draft capital in the cupboard as well. Uh, and I think that's really where you want to be in, in dynasty leagues. Um, because when you, when you punt a year, it, 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 takes, it takes a while, uh, it takes a while to recover. And when you go all in, like, I hate trade, de trade deadlines in Dynasty. Like, I think you should be able to trade right up to, like, you know, right before the kickoff of the championship. But the thing is, when people do that, 
they really only marginally increase mathematically their, their chances of, of winning. And so it's, it's, it's really diminishing returns on what you're getting, what you trade for. So my advice to people would be like to kind of try to find that, that zen, that balance, right? And the reason you're not, you're not forcing somebody to start a tight end. What you're doing by having a tight end slot and especially making it a tight end premium, you're now boosting the value of the, of the tight end position the same way you're boosting quarterbacks in a super flex. So what you're doing now is forcing strategy, tougher decisions, making tight ends matter. You just said right there, if they're not, they're, if they're not making a, you know, doing as much as a wide receiver three or four, well, now if you make them more valuable, right? That adds a whole new element of, of strategy to, to the league. And I think it's just, you know, I think short-sighted to think of it as like you're forcing somebody to start a tight end. Yep. You're making it more fun. You're making it more strategic. Let me, let me jump in real quick because I, I used to think like Godstrike did, and I was very uh, hesitant to come around to the tight end premium because I thought the same thing that he said there where it, the, the premium only increases the gap from the elite tight ends to the lower tight ends. And I will agree with that. However. In a league where you have tight end premium, you're not really comparing the tight ends to the tight ends. You're comparing the tight ends to the other positions where you're, you're trying to decide, especially in a league like this, where you can put a receiver or a tight end in there. Now you're, okay, do I start my receiver four or do I start my tight end with tight end premium? In this league, the answer is always the receiver. If you have a tight end premium, you might decide to put the tight end in there just in case. So that, that's kind of where I'm at. Yes, it might you know make the elite more elite and make the guys that are below that not quite as good. But compared to the receivers and the running backs, it evens the playing field a little bit and makes the decisions a little bit tougher to make. Also, increases the player pool of guys that become valuable. Um, so that I was like I said, I was kind of like him in, in the fact that I was a little hesitant to come around. Uh, it wasn't until I got into the Scott Fishbowl seven years ago that I was forced to do tight end premium, uh, and ever since then, that's all I've done in all my leagues is tight end premium. So. Um, that, that's kind of my, my, my two, two cents on that. And especially um, like if you were to like add the premium to this roster settings where like there's, you still don't have to play any, right? Like the teams that don't want to build through tight ends could still viably be able to do it. Um, and I think what you're saying, Jeff, is like when you have tight end premiums, you're just making them more flex viable. Exactly. And you could actually flex these tight ends relative to others. And in a league like this, where there are so many flex spots that can allow for so many different roster builds. Now, that being said, we're seeing so many different roster builds, even with these scoring settings, right? Like, how, like there's some teams that don't, don't even roster a single tight end. And yet we're on a team like Repeat, who has, they've got five tight ends rostered, six tight ends rostered. Yep. Um, and to like, with Brian's point earlier, like, they're, you're kind of almost stuck with them because... Like, you know, you drop any of these tight ends, they're probably better than and going to like we see more targets than a lot of players on waiver wire. So you drop them, they're going to get scooped up. So they're worth rostering, but no one will actually go out and trade for them. So they are like, I'll take it a step further, Brian. I kind of feel like they are roster cloggers in a sense. It's going to be really tough to, especially since this team has Hawkinson. Too good to drop, but not good enough to have on the roster. I couldn't see myself... You know, and maybe you start two tight ends in a week, but like I would never put a tight end in the roster at the expense of Hawkinson. Right? So um, unless I mean, this team is planning to start multiple, there's no reason to have five. But it also, I, and I guess I, I forgot to mention this with TK Wood. Maybe the thing to do is you packaging that tight end with another position player to upgrade at that position. So like you're, you package one of those tight ends with a running back to get a better running back. Or yeah. Vice versa. Like 
that might be the way to do it is you're throwing them into trades to upgrade at another position. That might be really the only thing you can do with them at this point. And that opens up more roster spots to add guys from the waiver wire as well in the same process. Um, yeah, think of those two-for-one deals. You're opening the free roster spot. That's when you can go pick up a player to add wide receiver depth. Absolutely. Jason gets it. Jason, Jason understands. <laughs> Jason's comment in the chat there. Um, Can I hint on something real quick, Jeff, with uh, just a little bit of an alternate approach? I know Brian alluded to potentially trading Daniel Jones, um, or like the option of it. For me, when I looked at this roster, and the reason why I had it number one compared to the team we're about to get into is because the fact that they had um, they had Hertz, Prescott, and Daniel Jones, and then Tannehill as well. But man, that he he's not in that group. I think we all, all they need is Tannehill to get traded to Washington, and you have the full division stack. Right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your matchups in the division. But, but I I'm definitely high on Daniel Jones. I'm glad K Cats in the chat, you know, saying he's not here for any Daniel Jones slander because same. But I I look at Jones as someone that you know I like QB sixteen to nineteen in a lot of startups. I mean, like even the one we're in right now. I got him much later, and I look at someone like Dak, who has more of a premium just based off of his name, the franchise he's under, and kind of the high-volume offense. There's so many times where the expectations are there that Dak's going to be this or that, and he's good, but has he ever really reached that potential we hope for? And that's where, if if I were to consider trading one of them, I'd sell Dak at a high point now rather than uh, selling Danny. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and Dak has sort of made it a quote unquote fantasy career out of those, what, five or six games that he did before he got hurt, where he was just lighting the world on fire. Um, you know, he's he's been solid. He's been solid. He's, yeah. I think uh, one of the ESPN people said he's he's just Kirk Cousins. And it's basically what he's been other than those. Pretty six sure Stefan Diggs said that. Yeah, <laughs> you're, I think you're right. I think you're right. Because Dak's good. It's definitely like the the floor is really high, but. I think you could definitely sell him just for namesake at a higher point than Danny Dimes when I think they're going to produce relatively the same. And yeah, I like Danny Dimes a little bit more. All right. And Zach, I think, do you like the fact that because they have four quarterbacks, if they trade Dak or Daniel Jones, he has the they flexibility. don't need to get a quarterback back. Exactly. That's why I had them at number one, just because of the value of the quarterback position. And with, you know, say that's, he essentially has three top 15 QBs, top, if you're not really if you're lower on Danny Dimes but you know in that world QB is definitely the most expensive position and that's where you know hey I can turn around and get kind of whatever I feel like I need yeah that's where I like I like the idea of trading deck eventually all right we got to move on to team number one I did want to update one thing uh that uh that Brian mentioned he probably hadn't seen the news yet but uh uh, Rashad Bateman did report to camp today so he is he's officially active now off to do not uh whatever they call that 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 report do not did not report or did not practice or whatever they did call not it. disturb yeah exactly all right let's get and to i think uh sorry, sorry jeff i think javante today they announced that he's not going to be on the on the preseason pup oh that's um, interesting and high, highly likely to make week one We'll see if that's true, but yeah. it was interesting both of them were on that team. Yeah, I almost, as a Williams owner, I almost don't want him to report. I don't want to have what yeah. we did with Dobbins last year, where he tried mm. to he tried to prove us all wrong that he was going to be there for week one, and then, oops, uh, I need to go out again for another surgery because I, right. I pushed it too hard. So stay out for a few games, come back full strength in week three, four, whatever it is. Um, all right, team number one. Number one. Number one. 
team number one, uh, again, ranked as high as one, as low as two. And if you haven't figured it out yet, it is Meadowlands, which... Did he get team one in the last league too? I thought we, we did Meadowlands as number one in the in the uh, the original if any given Sunday. I, I have to go back and check, but I thought he got at least top three, if not the number one spot. But Zach, this is your squad, man. Go ahead and break it down. Well, I'm glad we can just boost his ego a little bit more than if he's getting top three in multiple leagues. So I hope you enjoy this. You know, I I love this roster. I think we I, we all clearly do. I mean, this isn't a tier of its own. Just or. I mean, honestly, it's, yeah, this and repeat, but I could definitely see a case for why all of you except me voted, voted at number one. Trevor Lawrence at the top, I mean, that's, you know, a QB for a long time to come. Yeah, oh, and uh, Godstrike just said he was number one in AGS. So, yep, of course, yeah, he's, he's loving life right now. Yeah. But no, T-Law, we know what he is. He showed a lot of promise last year, especially towards the tail end of the season and going into the playoffs. There's a lot of reason to believe that he can maintain that and pick up where he left off. Um, Bajan, I mean, it's Bajan. Come on now. Like, what else do I need to say? The dude's awesome. And I, I love Ramon, Ramondre as well. I think he's going, he's kind of a underappreciated asset at the running back position, if you ask me. He's still fairly young. You know, Damian Harris isn't there anymore. And I think New England really is going to utilize him a lot this year. I think that's going to be a really productive piece. But not only for this year, but for the next couple of years. Jamar, this wide receiver room, though, man, it's like in a league like this where you don't need tight ends and whoo, Jamar Chase, Chris Olave, T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, Jahan Dotson, Deontay Johnson. So much youth, so much proven production already at a young age. I mean, these are all the names that you get excited about because you've seen them actually show it on the field, but there's also so many years ahead of them for each of their careers, obviously barring injury. But, um, you know, there's not a lot of names in the starting lineup that I really have a case against them doing well this year and for the foreseeable future. You know, I, I, some, I'm not necessarily as high on someone like Brandon Ayuk as some people, but when he's your wide receiver four or to wide receiver even seven, um, you know, just depending on how you rank these starters in his lineup, it's tough not to like Brandon Ayuk with that kind of wide receiver depth. Um, you know, going through the running backs as well, though, Kenneth Walker, I'm not necessarily as high on him just because I Seattle always scares me. I like the talent, but that running back room and just how that offense is, I never am fully as confident. But again, that's his running back three, and it's another young piece. And um, I think that's another aspect that really needs to be emphasized a little bit of a concern for me is that that quarterback position though we've got deshaun watson and that second uh or that super flex spot you know i i'm optimistic with him that he can go back to form at some point or at least you'd like to think that he could show some of those flashes again last year was definitely probably borderline worst case scenario you know it wasn't really uh what anyone was hoping for if they had him on their team but, um, you know, it, my biggest concern there is just where does he turn to if Deshaun doesn't kind of go back to form? Um, you know, I, I think with this team, the reason why I'm so high on it is more the fact that you're ready to win right now, but you don't need to really be aggressive on the trade market whatsoever. You can kind of just do the slow burn, you know, play it out, see what pieces on this bench, you know, might be showing some 
some progress, some real hope in, you know, either selling them or keeping them, you know, flipping out some aging guys. But realistically, you don't even really have anyone that's aging. So that, I mean, that's the best part. He, he could wait until the trade deadline this year. He can wait until next offseason and just keep waiting for whatever. I mean, compared to the last team I had, that was like a, like a history museum. I mean, shit. This thing is great. I love it. Um, you know, Zach Wilson, I would say, I want to say he's worth rostering still, but in a 10-man league, I have a really hard time uh, seeing him being roster-worthy. Maybe that's just me. Maybe it's just me being scarred after hoping that he could just be literally anything better than what he was last year. Um, but, you know, it's... Now let's move on to the running backs, especially on this bench. I like Khalil Herbert. There's a chance there for a, a role. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily high on him this year, but I like the fact that you're giving yourself a chance with some of these pieces like that. Same with Ronald Jones. You know, I expect him to have a certain amount of volume in Dallas. We've seen them, you know, feed multiple running backs. And then also, yeah, I love P. Ryan. I think P. Ryan will have utilization all year, even when Javante is back. I like Jeff. I'm hoping that Javante is kind of you know, gradually pieced back in. I want him to really be fully healthy and really show that he's ready to get the main workload back. And yeah, I just don't want another injury too soon, especially with an asset like that and the talent he has. Some of these pieces on the bench, you know, Chris Rodriguez, it's, it's a shot in the dark. It's a flyer. There's a lot of reason to, you know, potentially see hope there, but there's not, you probably didn't pay much at all. And I, I like that, you know, Prince as well. I don't, I don't know too much about Prince. Do you guys? But I mean, to me, I'm like, oh, cool, another Kansas City what, uh, running back. <laughs> who knows who's going to get the job because they somehow go through like nine running backs each season. So hey, he's on the roster. Uh, he's got a good chance of probably, you know, getting some reps at some point. Um, I believe Prince then, is a rookie. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Undrafted. undrafted rookie. Yeah, undrafted. Okay, I, I wasn't sure if he's a late round pick or if he was. Super high relative athletic score. Yeah. Looks Very like similar athlete. to Pacheco, honestly, the whole story. <laughs> that, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all with Kansas City, though. Rasheed Rice, I love that. You know, that's, again, another young guy on the bench. Sterling Shepard, you know, there's, there's reason to see maybe some targets coming his way, but that's actually probably a piece I'd, I'd realistically probably flip for just some sort of mid-round pick you know nothing sexy nothing great but just to get another future asset of some kind you know especially with how young this roster is and with enough youth pieces that can already produce uh, tim patrick fits that mold as well of someone that i think has a role and is fairly young still van jefferson i mean is there still hope there for him uh are there any believers still uh okay we got one all right good uh you know i, w- I was um not anymore um i i do like elijah Moore though i think that's a piece that you know you probably didn't pay a lot for but there is a reason to potentially see some upside you know how high is that ceiling eh, tough to say but again you probably didn't pay much and there's reason to you know just wait and i think that's the, the big thing with this i also love parker washington too but that's another flyer you know with a, a long shot if anything and you have all your picks. I mean, this this team is just it's the ideal team. It's the dream team, you know? Both of these two, this team and that last team repeat. This is exactly where you want to be, where you feel like you can be one of those top six teams where you can get into the playoffs and see what happens. 
but also you're young where you feel like you can be one of those top six teams for a long time to come. And that's the spot I usually always want to be in. It's not about being in that win now situation where I'm putting all my eggs into one basket, but in a spot where, hey, I can make the playoffs and we'll find out from there. Because realistically, a lot of the those weeks late in the season can get really weird. And, you know, that, that sixth seed can just kind of sneak through and suddenly they win the title. And um, so, yeah, as long as you're getting a shot, you're getting in the playoffs. I think that's all that matters. And I think this is a team that, even though it is very young, it's very much so one of the, the teams that I see being a top six finisher this year. Let me ask you this, Zach, uh, just looking at a couple of the teams and the things that we talked about. So he's got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins in the starting lineup and does not have Burrow. Would you be uh, interested or opposed to trading T. Higgins to, say, Diehards to go get uh, – is it Diehards that has uh, – uh, full, uh, full me talk. Full metal Kraken. Yeah, yeah. yeah get, to get Tyreek Hill. That's what I was thinking. Someone like Tyreek Hill – Obviously, he doesn't quite fit the build because it's not he's not as young as them. But I think, you know, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, if you look at their numbers, they typically didn't have big games at the same time. It was one or the other. So you're sort of limiting your upside. I would trade T-Law for him. On, or like, you know, I would try and with Higgins and Chase, I think there is an added value there. I mean, I, I don't like going all in on one offense usually, mm. but when it's a passing offense like that and you have these two elite wide receivers, at that point it's worth it. Like Jeff, I think just alluded to it where they kind of switch depending on the week, but they both have a very high floor as well for, for that production. So that's it's where, all going through Burrow. So as long as you have Burrow and one of them, you can afford for one of them to not. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I mean, I love T-Law, but I think it just makes sense at that point. Why not take the Bengals offense? You're already pretty much betting on the Bengals offense, having both of them in your starting lineup. So why not just fully commit to that? Yeah. But, even Watson um, up to Burrow, like you're, it's probably going to cost more than Lawrence. But I think either way, like figure out yeah. what that, that sweet I would love is. I would, I would prefer to put T-Law into my QB2 and go trade for Burrow, but just where Full Metal Kraken is, you know, they're our third-ranked team. I have a hard time really seeing them be down to go from Burrow to Watson. Well, see, I was, the, I was thinking you take T. Higgins and you go get Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill. I was thinking... That could also... I think, split I the, think either route is is possible, right? I think you try and get Burrow, and if you can't, it's, I think, the same thing I was talking about with the, the DK Metcalf uh, JSN team, right? Try and get Gino. If you can't get Gino, then try and flip one of the, the receivers yeah. and break up. I, I agree with Zach. The first thing I thought when I saw this team is, man, can this team get Burrow? And that would just really put it over the top. Yeah. And to your point, Zach, I would also rather have Lawrence than Watson, but so would probably Full Metal Kraken, right? So that's why it's probably more attainable with Lawrence. I guess the one reason it might they might be willing to take Watson is the fact that they have Herbert, right? In that you know, they're trading away Burrow and the quarterback they're getting back, they'd view as their QB2, which a lot of teams trading away Burrow, that return you'd expect to be your QB1, but I guess Herbert gives them that luck. Yeah. And I think uh, both, like you mentioned earlier, they've got all their picks, right? So that's, they've got the ammunition to be able to make that tier. Yep. I look at, too, it's the perfect point of uh, what Brian was saying with the tight ends. You know, I know. Uh, Brian, do you want to share with us again how you feel? I think I forgot. Um, but the... <laughs> They, they don't have one. And I mean, as much as I'm the guy that likes to hoard tight ends in my leagues, not in this. Absolutely. I like, unless I have one of those top two, you know, honestly, it's a top two for me, not even a top four. Like, it's really tough for me to see some of those other guys be worth spending the price when there's other wide receivers that would be younger that I think could produce for longer, probably at that same 
range of ADP. You know, I, I think it just shows where the league is at. I, I love that they said, hey, why, why even take one? Why take a shot in the dark on any flyer, any Musgrave or anything like that? You know, it, there's no point. And, no point. And, and I mean, I don't think this league should implement it because I think once you start changing some of the formatting, you know, it really can make it tricky with how certain teams are valued right now. And it can really flip rosters uh, in a dramatic way. So I think you're kind of already married to this. But for a future league, I'd definitely uh, recommend, you know, maybe adding some value to the tight end position. All right, y'all, that wraps up the podcast. We ran a little long on this one, but I think we, uh, we, we, you know, gave them some good information. Uh, Let's go around the room real quick, guys. Give them your Twitter handle and, and, you know, where they can follow you at and what you're working on. Uh, We'll just go clockwise here. So we'll go to Zach first. You can find me on Twitter at Behind the Zach. Otherwise, you can find me all over the Going for Two Network. And come football season, you'll be able to find me on the Sunday morning pregame show hosting that. Good stuff. Kyle. So I'm on Twitter at Senra Says. Jeff mentioned the two shows I co-host as part of the Going for Two Live Network earlier, but I'll plug them again. Uh, Press coverage. And uh, we've got a new episode tomorrow night. So less than 24 hours at tomorrow, by 24th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Going for Two Live Network with Bobby J all day. So I uh, look forward to that all day tomorrow. Uh, Good stuff. And yeah, and then uh, Dynasty Gambit. We're also coming back this week, so that'll be on Thursday. And uh, I, Jeff mentioned it earlier as well. I have a couple other podcasts, Full Press Fantasy Pod, Full Press Packers Pod. Back go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Raul. Yeah, you can find me at on Twitter at nrahul11, uh, writing for Going for Two as well, you know, appearing as a guest on all, all of the great shows that these guys host. And of course, I'm also co-hosting the Fantasy Assessment, which is essentially this, but for just one team. Um, so if you, want, if you want some schemes without anyone else knowing what you're up to, you know, come hit us up. Uh, the Fantasy Assessment, best way to get your team reviewed is by jumping in the Discord. We have a whole channel um for dedicated to that so yeah come check us out all right brian uh yeah you can find me at ff junkie underscore on twitter articles and rankings on going for two.com going for two live um uh podcast uh dynasty saturday night five on this youtube channel 7 30 p.m eastern on saturday nights and then midweek kind of audio only podcast although we do throw the audio up on youtube dynasty fever that's at dynasty fever pod you can also find me uh as a world ranked uh, pickleball player which of course zach cannot claim that he is uh and you know all that jazz good stuff all right guys as always uh we want to thank you for your purchase uh you know god strike this i believe is your third your third league uh, really appreciate that um you can follow me on twitter at jeff lambert 77 uh, I think Raul mentioned the Discord channel. The Discord is linked in my profile on Twitter. It's also on goingfor2.com. You can get there as well. Uh, we have a little over a thousand members in there, and it's 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 pretty popping in there. So if you you know like fancy football and you just want to talk it all day, uh, join the Discord. You know we got a couple things going on over there. So for the guys, uh, I'm Jeff, and uh, we hope to see y'all next year. <laughs>